1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
2: Good morning and welcome to the Morning Beat. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on our Sleepy Tuesday. This Jesus. Is, does anybody else feel this? All of a sudden, Monday, you're like, I'm ready to take on the world. Then Tuesday happens and you're like, I want to go to bed is
3: the roughest week of the year because Monday you're the, like... Wait,
2: whoa, the what? Oh the my God, week? that's how you Tuesday's know it's rough. the roughest week of the year, she says. <laughs> that's all you need to know. That's exactly what I'm talking about right now. Wind
3: it back. Why are Tuesdays so
2: sleepy though? Because
3: they're basic. There's nothing to Tuesdays. There's
2: nothing listen, I can sell you on any day of the week. Monday, there's all sorts of opportunity. Wednesday, you're halfway there. Hump day. Hump day. Thursday. We're so close to the weekend. Friday is basically the weekend.
3: Now here's where people What's the point? People would fight with us on this. Okay. Taco Tuesday. Okay. Tequila Tuesday. Listen,
2: listen. Why do you think they do those things? Because they hate it's the Tuesday. the only way you can get through a Tuesday.
3: The problem is, no one's having tacos and tequila at 6 a.m. So you got to get through you your entire hey, day. You
2: don't know that. You don't, okay, also You don't fair. know what's in this thermos. Can I have some? T- to be honest, it's local honey uh, that I'm going to add my hot throat coat tea to because my allergies are still killing me. You know, we were talking about this yesterday. Can, Vanessa, you said in the room something about climate change is going to make uh, allergies worse than ever. And I talked to my partner about this last night and he was reading it. He's like, no, that's real. They're saying that that allergy season is going to continue to get worse and worse and worse because of climate change. I believe it. What? I can't handle it. I can't. I, ble-
3: I, I will say, everybody's allergies have been so bad. Um, I
2: wake up and my throat is swollen <clears> throat> shut and my ears ache and I'm just like stuffy.
3: Yeah, it's so awful. So by like the
2: eight o'clock, nine o'clock hour, I start to sound decent and then I go home.
3: Yeah. It's beautiful <laughs> out, but we all look disgusting. Yeah, just that part. slobbering all over each other. Slobbering everywhere. Beautiful flowers. The scent of jasmine. Can't smell it because my nose is plugged, yeah, that but I'm part. assuming it's How nice. many
2: people have tuned out already two okay. and a half minutes in? I could hear that. Slobbering everywhere. What are we, dogs? Yeah. Well, guess what? We're talking about the benefits of cuddling with dogs on today's show. My dog has got me through this pandemic. I don't know what I did in year one, but year two, everything turned around. Vaccines and my dog. saved me. That's
3: it. I don't care what anybody says. I got home after the longest day of my life yesterday. Oh, you posted a video
2: of Rocco last night. It was so cute.
3: Mako, I literally sat on the bed. Mako? My Mako Rocco doggo taco boy. And I laid on the bed. And he just, he's such a great communicator. He brought his fat little body up to me, laid right on my chest, asked me to pet him with nodding my hand with his head oh. and then we just fell asleep we were so tired well
2: there's a new study that actually suggests that snuggling with your dog could be good for your health uh but it's more detailed than that and we'll tell you all about it in our next hour we're joined by an expert researcher who's going to be talking to us about that also uh we've got um a doctor joining us uh to talk about these anti-trans laws from a queer doctor's perspective, uh super fascinating stuff, also super super important. But right now it's time for news on the beat. What do you have?
3: All right, honey, well there's a lot going on this morning in the news and when I open this document, Lord, I'm going to let you know she's, about she's it. She's going to read all of it for you. Okay, the Supreme Court says it won't review the case of a Seattle-based Christian organization that was sued after declining to hire a bisexual lawyer who applied for a job. Now, the lower court let the case go forward and the high court said it would not intervene Two justices Justice Samuel Alito and Justice Clarence Thomas agreed with the decision not to hear the case at this stage but said that the day may soon come when the court needs to confront the issue the case presents One of the applicants was Matthew Woods who had volunteered at the clinic for more than three years Woods defines I'm sorry Woods identifies as bisexual and was in a same-sex relationship. He was told before he applied that his application would be rejected because the organization's code of conduct excludes homosexual activity. Woods sued, arguing that the organization violated state law by discriminating against him on the basis of his sexual orientation. A state trial court judge ruled for Seattle's union gospel mission and dismissed Woods' lawsuit. The judge ruled that the organization is exempt from the state's anti-discrimination law but the Washington Supreme Court reversed the decision and let the lawsuit go forward.
2: Here's the thing. If you're going to be exempt from state laws, you should also then be exempt from tax exemptions. These religious organizations, they don't have to pay taxes and the way that corporations do is the way that we have to, but then they're allowed to say, well, we're exempt from the law because we're religious. Well, cool, you can't have your cake and eat it too. If you're going to be exempt from the laws, that's fine. Pay your taxes. I don't think it's actually fine yeah I think it's, it's a crock but yeah it's okay. just so confusing
3: i agree all right let's get into weather 60 in new york today 87 in la gorgeous 78 in vegas 90 in palm springs 74 in houston and 90 in cathedral city now give us a vibey of the day the ver
2: the, the first step towards getting somewhere is to decide you're not going to stay where you are
3: i know that's right
2: get moving B-
1: Morning Channel Q.
2: Remember those movies, um, what were they called where the, the, like, paranormal activity? Yeah. Where things are going on and they're usually caught on, like, the baby cam, right? And and you watched it and you're like, oh, this is real. It's actually real footage. That's kind of how they, it's kind of like what they did with the Blair Witch Project back in the day. You thought it was, like, found footage. It was real, right? I think part of the reason that those were so scary is because the, the grainy footage of, like, a baby camera or a security camera at night is just terrifying right which is why this story i think is getting so much traction on social media uh this young girl 21 years old
3: fascinating in
2: a relationship and her mother is doing what to her Michaela?
3: so it's her mother-in-law i don't know why i found this story so uh interesting there's so many layers this 21 year old says i was on tiktok and i wanted to sort of see what I did when I sleep. I wanted to rate if I'm sleeping well, if I'm snoring. So she gets this camera device, she sets it up, and she says that in the first couple of days, she hears what sounds like a voice. It's no longer her snoring. And she thought that there was a ghost. She was like, there was clearly a ghost. Well, then she looks on the camera. Turns out it's her mother-in-law. Hovering over her sleeping body, whispering really mean, hurtful things to her. And her mother-in-law,
2: she thinks her mother-in-law likes her. She's really sweet to her face. Yeah. But there's another wrinkle.
3: But the problem is she's saying things like, I hate you, I want to kill you, all of these things. Some
2: things she can't even say on TikTok. That
3: are so bad, right? Mm -hmm. So she says this was interesting because like you said, AJ, I thought my mother-in-law loved me. So, obviously, TikTok blew up. The video went completely viral, and people are saying... Also,
2: she's not like a normal mother-in-law. She just got out of prison, too.
3: Well, so here's... So, when people said, why didn't you say anything? Ah. Why aren't you reporting the issue? Mm. She said, well, it's a very long story, but she's my boyfriend's mother, She just got out of prison. She has two young children that she's raising in my house. I've been helping them get back on their feet. Wait, the
2: 21-year-old's house? Yes. And
3: she said, I will be the one who has to take care of the two younger kids if the mother goes back to prison or gets in trouble for anything because there's just nobody else to take care of them. And unfortunately... I don't want to take care of kids for the rest of their lives. I'm only 21. So it's got the internet split. And I don't know what I would do. I understand. She also said that the mother is in law, although seemingly likes her, is very, very petty. And so she doesn't want to deal with the backlash of also.
2: That's real. This is crazy. Having to worry about somebody keeping the kids from you or or retaliating against you.
3: But. Also, these TikTok users are saying, I've literally hated people so much, my own roommates, I've never stood over their body whispering really hurtful, scary things.
2: Who even, okay, so who even thinks like midway through the night, I'm going to get up and go into somebody's room and stand? I'd be so terrified just to even walk into somebody's room that was not my own.
3: Right. That,
2: That part is so weird to me. But also, this is what, this is what drives me crazy about this TikTok generation. You're 21 years old. And your fear is talking face to face to this grown woman because she just got out of prison, which is real. I get that. But you think the solution then is to make a series of videos
3: of
2: of this woman and put it on TikTok?
3: Well, this girl says, this TikTok user said multiple times, um, she had no idea. And I think this happens often, more often than not. She had no idea this was going to go okay, viral. but even so, she's like, I get 300 views on everything. I never thought she's a 21 year old in a teeny tiny town. But, but
2: think about that though. Think I've, I come from a teeny tiny town. If five people saw it, don't you think somebody in your family might see it, or right. this woman might see it, or th- that's my thing. Like somebody close to you, because the five or ten people who usually see your videos or 300 are probably your close friends and family. To be right. honest, and it's going to get back to this woman. And I think if I'm if this woman is an ex convict. My bigger concern is that I've now put out video of her in those really saggy, terrible sweatpants, by the way.
3: God, that's, I'd be upset about that. Doing something
2: that is unthinkable, and that would make me way more angry than just somebody coming to talk to me and being, hey, I'm a little bit concerned about this.
3: Yeah, I hear and that. sharing
2: that privately. It's scary. This young generation, they, just, they, they put it all out there, good, bad, ugly, whatever. They just go for it.
3: Listen, I like it. I'm going to get a camera and watch myself sleep. I want to see what I'm doing. You would. Anything to be on camera. Good morning, B. Channel Q.
2: Kathy Griffin's back in the news. Michaela, what's poppin'?
3: Oh, God. Kathy Griffin, she's just been such a roller coaster. Uh, she has long been considered a friend of the LGBTQ community. I think that everyone can agree, Kathy Griffin loves the gays. Uh, she, however, was on a podcast recently and she started talking about Dave Chappelle. She said, I love Dave and I think he's a genius. I just think that he's also transphobic. Later in the interview, she attempted to excuse Chappelle's transphobia by suggesting he isn't hurting anyone. She said, I think Dave is just a transphobic guy. I don't think Dave is trans bashing. I don't think Dave is running around harming gays. Um, And she said that I think... I just think Dave is once again a 51-year-old guy who doesn't get it. Now, I agree. I think Dave Chappelle is a genius. Yes, I think he's one of the best comedians I've ever heard. I'm, I'm obsessed with him, but also him using any kind of transphobia. And listen, I also would like to say that he absolutely called our trans brothers and sisters and was like, let's sit down. Let's have a conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry if I got it wrong. And nobody sat with him.
2: They rejected it.
3: They did. So
2: Ashley Marie Preston continued to drag him publicly.
3: But did not want to yeah. sit with him at the table. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that is so much part of our problem. Like, we have to be willing to uh, be able to, like, counsel the situation. However, where I think Kathy got it wrong is, when people say transphobic things, it is the epitome of Trump being a racist. It ignites so much hatred in people Uh and normalizes people uh, being able to say transphobic, racist, homophobic things and words turn into actions. They
2: see famous people that they look up to doing these things and they think it's okay and also my problem with her statement is actually, look, he's still just a 51 year old guy. I knew you were going to hate that. That's 10 years older than me and I'm still learning and growing.
3: But also I don't think that age can also be an excuse anymore. I mean, we're, we're being asked to educate ourselves—if mm-hmm. it's seventy-five, you're stuck in your old ways. That's a you problem, babe. That's let's not normalize you being stuck would, in your would, own ways. Would she
2: turn around, or would he turn around and say that because somebody's fifty-one, that they're just going to be racist for the rest of their lives, and they can't learn to love a black person yeah, because he's you black? Wouldn't like, say that. no, that's absurd. So. And also,
3: again, somebody who's not in our community speaking on behalf of us, like uh-huh. Kathy. Listen. It was very trendy for you to have all gay male friends when you were up and coming. But like this is also where the magic happens, where if you're going to be an ally, stick with it, honey. Stick with it. Mm. It's fine. I have no personal issues with her. Just guess apparently I did. So, okay.
2: Welcome back to the show. We have another fantastic hour coming up for you here on The Morning Beat. That's my best radio voice. That's all I got. My allergies are slowly subsiding. They're still here, but we're getting through it.
3: Let me tell you something. When I lived in Vegas and I had to sing, I had a residency, and it was the first year the allergies were so bad, and nobody told me about that honey yet, and I refused to call into my show because I just got it, and I was like, I don't care. I am going to sing. You know, like when I get my head stuck on something, it's like a rap. And I was like,
2: now when you, do you?" They
3: were like, you need to go home. And I was like, never. Like, it
4: was so. <laughs> she was like,
2: <laughs> was it poltergeist? Who was yeah, yeah.
3: It was so. I sounded so crazy. And Lisa was like, why don't you? And I was like, no, Lisa, I'm going to sing. <laughs>
2: so you say nobody told you about the honey yet. Or are you referring to the story of the local honey that I've been on? I've been on a yeah, journey. Yeah,
5: yeah, because it in. works.
2: Listen, it does. Or not, I don't know, apparently. But no, we're. everybody always tells me every year, have local honey. Take a, like a spoonful or two a day of local honey because the pollen in it from your region will help you acclimate to the allergies and the hay fever of the season. Right. It'll adjust your body. Right. So I went the other day and I went to Whole Foods and found the most expensive jars of honey I could get. I came home with $50 worth of honey. It was two jars. And I'm trying to help my fiance and he's like, I just can't do it. It's too sweet. I'm like, oh my God, put it in some water or Which tea. Which is so
3: funny because I remember it just tasting Horrible. It, there was nothing sweet about it. it was I like love, gross. love
2: all honeys. Love them all. And it's kind of like that thick honey that's kind of white on the top, and you have to really separate it. He didn't want to. But then I saw yesterday that this is the sweetest thing I saw yesterday. No
3: pun intended.
2: Yeah, absolutely, pun intended. Because somebody put uh, something on Instagram and said, "Listen, a honeybee spends its entire life working on a beehive, or that that creates about a teaspoon of honey." And their lifespan is about 40 days. What a waste. So for 40 days, the entire lifespan of that honey creates one teaspoon of honey. Yet we just put it all over our fruit or oatmeal, whatever. But think about that. What a life lived. Those
3: sweet bees are spending 40 days to make honey for us and then they die.
2: I've had at least three or four teaspoons of honey today.
3: Listen, bees are a wild thing because also if they sting you, they also immediately die. So how bad of a person do you have to be that they're willing to lose their life just to sting you? Just
2: for that one reason. (laughs) So, be grateful these. that you live longer than 40 days and that you don't have to work that hard for that little. Yeah. And also, coming up this hour on The Morning Beat, in about 15 minutes, uh, we're switching species from bees to dogs. Hugging a dog could really, really improve your life and reduce your pain. All according to a new study, we've got an expert calling in this hour uh, from the University of Saskatchewan. Don't get to say that okay. on the air very often.
3: Whoa! Radio. I actually shouldn't have said
2: it. I should have let you say it live on the air. I should wait. It
3: would have been Sasquatch. Listen, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still on the bees. Like yeah. I am obsessed with the fact that for forty days and forty nights they are just not forty nights running so and gunning to make the honey for you. They're not
2: running anywhere. They fly.
3: The, and it takes they have feet.
2: you know this is why though because I remember <laughs> I remember years ago somebody said to me they're like well I'm a vegan I'm like it's honey they're like vegans don't eat honey and I'm like what why it's honey and they're like well they have to do a lot of work and hard labor to make that honey so we think it's it's
3: what would bees do if they didn't have to go to work
2: I don't know right
3: like, what would bumblebees do if they're like, you know what, Sandra, I'm taking the day off. Sandra. <laughs> like,
2: not, not Sandra. I'm
3: not I'm not gonna sting anybody today. I'm not gonna make any honey. You know what
2: I'm gonna do? I'm gonna rewatch a bee's life. It's been many no, it's not called a bee's life, it's a bug's life. Isn't there something called I love bees? Bugs life. Wasn't there something about bees also around the same time? Or maybe there's a character. There is something, and I think the voice is Jerry Seinfeld. Look up Jerry Seinfeld Bee movie. And tell me what you find, Vanessa, because I remember a cartoon distinctly starring Jerry Seinfeld as a bee.
3: Yeah, I'm obsessed with them now. If it's
2: called a bee movie, I swear to God, bee movie. it's called a bee movie.
3: <laughs> of course okay, it is. Okay, great. <laughs> now we're going <laughs> to watch just, it. They
2: just stopped with the working title, so yeah, that works. Yeah. Well, we're going to watch it tonight. Perfect. How about some news on the beat?
3: You got it, honey. Indiana wait, wait, Governor. Wait.
2: How about some honey. news on the beat?
3: Okay, honey. Oh. Ridicu- we're,
2: okay. da- we're so ridiculous.
3: Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb. Is there...
2: Comb? Like Comb? a honeycomb?
3: Honeycomb? Wow. Okay.
2: The synergy of it all. <laughs> God, we got to make light of this horrible news. It's coming out of Indiana. It can't be good.
3: I hate our show.
2: I do too. Uh,
3: they vetoed a bill yesterday that would have banned trans girls from playing on girls' sports teams in school in a letter to the Republican State House Speaker. <laughs>
6: Holcomb.
2: Holcomb. Listen. Sorry, they hate us. because They can't see us.
6: They hate me. They can't be us.
2: That's it. might be. going off the rails. I
6: know. listen know. Wait, Brian's listening, and I want to do good This is beautiful.
2: B-E-A-utiful. <laughs> I love us so much. Do you want me to read it? Oh my gosh, she has. No, terrible. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Get through it.
3: Send the legislation. <laughs> Oh God, falls short and leaves too many unanswered questions in its quest for fairness in K 12 sports. The bill which passed the Republican majority house.
2: <laughs> I hate Republicans, I hate us.
4: Listen, let's just
2: end it here. We hate Republicans, <laughs> Indiana Governor I Eric wish Holcomb. He's
3: with ghosting Republicans,
2: <laughs> ghosting Republicans. That's that's your plan right now.
3: I'm gonna go take your honey to the Senate and I'm just gonna sit it
6: there and I'm gonna call for the bees.
2: In a letter to the Republican State House Speaker, Holcomb said the legislation fails or falls short and leaves too many unanswered questions in its quest for fairness at K-12 sports. The bill, which passed the Republican Majority House earlier this year and the Republican Majority Senate earlier this month, would ban students whose sex at birth was registered as male but who now identify as female from playing on girls' sports teams in school. The bill does not, however, ban trans boys from playing on boys' sports teams based on sex designation at birth.
3: Okay. Yes, you got through much smoother than I.
2: Listen, I still love you.
3: And I love you. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. That bee life. Listen, took but here's me the out. thing.
2: If we're gonna if we're gonna turn in a segment to get a Marconi Award, which is basically the Oscars of radio, this should not be that segment. Or maybe I think it, it, should it should be. be. Maybe be. it should be.
3: I think it should. Maybe be. Maybe it should be. Show should be.
2: What do you got for us? What's the weather it's like? It's going to be
3: 77 in Vegas. For oh, my that bee sounds friends. like honey-making weather. Yes, it is honey-making weather. 90 in Palm Springs, 87 in LA, 60 in New York. The bees are snuggling in New York because 60 is just too cold to them. chilly honey. still. It's brisk. Now, maybe they have a little sweater on. Too. Oh, <laughs> I love bees and
2: sweaters. I know. The idea is so cute. I know it is. In uh, theory. The first step towards getting somewhere is to decide you're not going to stay where you are. I love that. We're gonna to pull together and uh, have an incredible segment coming up in about seven minutes, Michaela. What's it about?
3: We sure are. Uh, it's not about bees, but it's about something else I like adore. Hugging your dog could actually save your life. Find out why these doctors think so. Coming up in seven minutes. Bye.
1: The morning beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q
2: just got to say it before we get into this segment. That song is like a master class in vocals. Like, see, it just blows the roof off every time I hear Chandelier. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Are you mad?
3: Well, I got fired from Mastros because of that song, so. Wait, what? I was a singer at Mastros, And you got fired? Somebody requested it, and, and I said I didn't want to sing it. Because you know what? Mastros didn't deserve Chandelier.
2: <laughs> and you got and fired. I got fired. <laughs> well, maybe to help get you over the pain of all of that, yeah. you could snuggle with your little pooch, Rocco, because- uh-huh. Apparently, according to a new study, 10 minutes of snuggling with a dog could act as a pain reliever. Here to help us break that down is Colleen Dell, professor and research chair in the sociology department at the University of Saskatchewan. Uh, Colleen, how are you doing?
3: Give us the news. Great. Thanks for having me.
2: Okay, we love our dogs. 10 minutes of snuggle time can relieve pain?
4: 20. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let me tell you why we did 10 because we tested 10 minutes because therapy dogs are out in the community and typically wherever we are in this study we were in the emergency department people spend about 10 minutes with them which is how we ended up with that number so you'll usually 10 to 15 minutes and then the dogs move on because people just kind of naturally are like ah that was really good that's what I needed and then and then you just kind of move along so yeah that's that's how we came to that number. It's so crazy. When I got Rocco, I was in a really
3: dark depression. And I feel like I like just manifested him. It was a really dark place. And when I met Rocco, yeah. he followed my energy so well. Like If I went into the bed, he would. And we would just lay there. Yeah. And then as I started feeling better, we started doing things. Yeah. But he read my energy so well. And it was the most comforting thing. It was like literally having a baby. Um, why are they able yeah. to do that?
4: right so uh, what we always talk about is think from the dog's perspective right so what we tend to do as humans is think like humans and give these personalities and attributes to the dogs but in reality their sense of smell is just phenomenal so over time they would and they want to be with you right you're their pack leader there they want to be with you and they're developing that relationship with you so they would, they would be able to see through your body language that you're not doing well, that, you know, through the certain hormones that we have and the smells we get off. And over time, they're just reinforced with that. So you're not feeling great. You're laying in bed. He comes to get a snuggle, right? And then Rocco gets a snuggle and Rocco's like, ah, this is good. This is what she needs. We talk about the human-animal bond and it's really complex and that's just like one small part of it. but. I think as humans, for me, what they provide and what I see this, whether in the emergency department or elsewhere, is that non judgmental space. Mm. They don't care anything about what you're going through, they want to be with you. Right. Yeah. There's no no, that that relationship. Yeah.
2: There's no ulterior motive, because even with somebody who you trust wholly, even speaking to my therapist, sometimes I'm like, well, they're probably judging me right now, but I'm going to say it anyways. (laughs) Right. But my dog Kingston, and I'm going to say his name now, so you know it as well. Yeah. uh, He there's not a thing in the world I could ever, ever do that make him not love me at like a thousand percent. But also he does know when I'm having a down day. And he'll just come and yep. cuddle, he'll come and cuddle with me if I need a cuddle. And it, this this study, part of this report, is that uh, twelve minutes with a therapy dog has more clinically measurable benefit than visiting with a human.
4: Uh, no, it was visiting with a therapy dog versus visiting with no one. Got so it. There, the control was nothing. But what you're just saying there is what we want to do the next time is have the therapy dog, then just have a handler like with no dog and then have the control again of no one visiting anyone i'm pretty positive it's still the the person with the dog but i'm also very interested from a lot of our work when we can i think of a dog who passed that I was so close with i when i think about her it's like i feel good and that's just a memory of her and when we do these visits whether we're in the hospital or else we always say you know do you have a dog or have you had a dog and people talk about the dogs that they've had in their life because those relationships are so long-lasting and special. And I think because of things like they weren't judged, some dogs are lifesavers too, right? And it's just, it is that relationship that we have. That So I think those memories are really important too. And that's another area to study for sure. That's crazy that you would say to think of the memory of your dog because I
3: think that often we're devastated when we lose an animal and to think that just the thought of them could reignite those incredible feelings that you felt when you had them. It's a great alternative for people that maybe aren't able to have dogs because that was going to be my next question. What do you do if you don't have a dog? Uh, but you can right. just
4: think of it and get the same benefits? Yeah, well, it's interesting, right? And it would be because when, we, when we're with the dog and we pet the dog, it increases our oxytocin, which are those feel-good hormones, right? can decrease our cortisol, which is our stress hormone hormones. And then so I think it would be really interesting. And this is just what we've seen. You know, and one study that comes to mind is we were working with um, very elderly veterans, World War veterans, and we would bring the dog, but all the reminiscing was about when they were on the farm and the dog that they grew up with. There was so much reminiscing about that and it just, it, so it really stuck with me, right? And then again, like we're in the hospital room and they're like, oh, who's this? We tell them about the pet. And then all of a sudden you are me about their pet. Now the pet they had 10 years ago, 20 years ago when they were growing up and it all comes together. So I think there's a lot for us to untangle there and understand.
2: Well, I think a lot of people really struggled early on in the pandemic, the the lack of physical touch and human contact yeah. and hugging and things like that. And we got our dog in yeah. year, year two. And I will say this. Yeah. I was so tentative for so many years to get a a dog. And my partner said, please, 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 please.
6: Yeah. I can't
2: can't imagine not waking up with Snuggles and going to bed with Snuggles and seeing him every single day. He's brought so much joy to my life. So if you are considering a pet, a dog is a really lovely way to go. And it could reduce your pain.
3: Or just think about the little baby.
2: (laughs) Thank you so much (laughs) for stopping by.
3: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. I literally have nothing else to say. I'm so pleased with that entire conversation, just knowing that our dogs really are as iconic as we thought they were.
2: Way more iconic than
3: we I'm leaving the show. I'm going to get to Rocco. Finish the show on your own.
5: We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new
0: iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.
5: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Freak responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
1: The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q.
2: If you could read my mind, you would have known I was gay AF when I was a little teenager when I bought the Studio 54 soundtrack starring Mike Myers and others, and used to blare it in my bedroom in Salina, Ohio. How my parents did not know I was the gayest thing on earth is beyond me. I love that song.
3: Listen to me. I, I don't know what is happening today, but I also sang that song. <laughs>
2: <laughs> of course you did. In a talent <laughs> competition. Did you get fired for it?
3: I got second place. Okay. You're just triggering me today, Lord. So
2: many memories. This, well, this story is yeah. going to trigger you because we actually teased it yesterday Um, there is uh, a little dog. Speaking of dogs, we just talked about the benefits of cuddling a dog. 10 minutes in one day could ease your pain for the rest of the day. That's what the study we just talked about revealed. Well, this couple is not going to be experiencing the benefits of that. This couple from North Carolina, because their poor dog, Fesco, uh, apparently humped another male dog. And these dog owners are such a-holes that they returned him to the pound. The five-year-old 50-pound pup doesn't bark, bite, or dig, but got busted for humping another male dog, and his wretched owners immediately rejected him. First this is according of all... to the American Society for Prevention of Cruelty of Animals. Uh, they thought their dog might be gay, so they turned him in.
3: First of all, you're an idiot. <clears throat> when dogs hump other dogs, it's a dominance thing. It has nothing to do with their sexuality. Rocco humped Vanessa the entire weekend. She watched him. Is he in love with her? Maybe. But he's also trying to show his dominance. It's what dogs do. This is a dumb story.
2: Well, here's the thing. Whether or not your dog is gay... But, I mean, I, this is like I, even not even... A, this is well, a, but, but, Okay, but homosexuality exists in almost every single species of animals. It's been documented across the board, right? Why on earth are people... Because I know it sounds like a funny, lighthearted story. And five years ago or ten years ago, or I would just say pre-2016, when you cover a story like this, morning shows everywhere would be like, ha, 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 that's so funny. They returned their dog to the pound because they think it's gay. And it was a cute little funny story that was not a blip on anybody's radar. But since Trump, and I know this sounds crazy, but just hang in there for a moment. The conversations we have nowadays are so hurtful and so hateful that this does actually matter. Because now the conversation about gay people and gay marriage has now trickled down to trans bathrooms and trans athletes and saying the word gay in school. And now we're talking about our children. And now we're talking about our pets. If your pet's gay, you're going to return it to a shelter? Like, what the f?
3: I just think is that... going
2: on in the world? It's just insane.
3: But I just think that that says so much about, like, the American—like, it's hard for me to do this story because I think it's, like, also hysterical like that
2: Americans are just idiots? Yes.
3: Yes. And I know that there's homosexuality in everything, but also, like, it literally is a dominance thing. Like, when dogs go to dog parks, they're trying to show they're the boss. Like, they're trying to show That's they're it. running the wolf pack. It's a very normal thing. And for the, the, the owners to be so—and how do you do that? You just take your dog to the, the pound and seriously say, my, my dog is gay. I have to get rid of my yeah, dog. Yeah, how do
2: you have that conversation? Somebody drops their dog off and says, My dog's gay. You I would think somebody
3: it. was kidding. Like, this is
2: a joke, right? Are you doing a YouTube video? Like, is this is a TikTok? Yeah. Like, what's happening I mean, right people now? People
3: are just insane. And um, also, if this dog is gay, I would also like to invite him to understand that Pride Month is coming up.
2: Yeah, it's right around the and corner. And if he needs a dog mom, it gets better.
3: I, uh, I Sometimes you get put out of your home.
2: You know, Fezco is going to get adopted so fast, though.
3: Also, is Fezco named after Euphoria? For Fez.
2: Oh.
3: Did his parents watch Euphoria yeah, and then might. kick him out for being gay? Well, the gay? dog's like
2: five, so probably not. Euphoria wasn't out yet. Oh, okay. But my dog. So what we've struggled in our home is that our dog Kingston is very straight. He has a girlfriend. Her name is Skyler. She's a husky. They're both the same he's age. He's into bigger women. Well, I'm into well it. so yes, she dominates him, and he loves it. Yeah. So he's like a passive like he's like a he's like a bottom straight boy beautiful and when they were both puppies kingston grew up a little bit faster he's like like a couple months older than her and so he was a dominant guy but she he stopped growing at 39 pounds she's like approaching 50 right she's now a whole not, lot of not woman, slowing honey. down anytime soon and she died and you i could the other day i kid you not my my partner tells me he's like i took him out and all of a sudden, I see Kingston start to lose his mind, and I look around, and our backyard area is surrounded by shrubs everywhere. Pretty high shrubs. Okay. And Kingston starts getting very, very, very excited, and Emil's like, what's going on? He looks to his left, and this husky, Skyler, leaps over the shrubs. Like, four feet in the air leaps over the shrubs, and comes galloping towards him and pounces And Kingston has never been more turned on in his life by a woman. And yet, yet, we still love our son, even though he's a straight. Listen. That's true love. That's that's the gay agenda.
3: Maybe Skyler and Kingston and Vanessa and Rocco can all go on a date.
2: Who is Vanessa? Our producer? producer? How did she get thrown into the mix? What do
3: you mean? Rocco's in love with Vanessa. He wow. hopped her all weekend and then he a, snuggled her. Would you
2: go on a double date with a dog and two other dogs, Vanessa? Does I that would sound say like. I would. You so would. Like she
1: likes would. it! Weirdo. <laughs> the Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q.
2: The beehive is buzzing, honey. It's time for another round of what's popping and this story is unbelievable.
3: First of all, the way that we have incorporated bees into this entire show, I will never get over. The, the radio that we have done today, world's not ready.
2: Well, there's about to be a couple more bees in here, so uh, take it away. Do and I'm
3: very into it. So, uh, a lot of people have been talking about the Oscars because uh, it's a really exciting time. It's it's The They're award back. shows are coming yes. back. We get to see these gorgeous uh, gowns and suits and looks that people pull, but uh, the beehive is buzzing buzzing because uh, it could be that Beyonce is opening the Oscars.
2: She's nominated.
3: Yeah, well, the single lady singer is allegedly in advanced talks to perform Be Alive, for best... Called?
2: What's the name of the song?
3: Be Alive. Whoa. Uh, her best original song entry from the soundtrack of the film King Richard about tennis legends Venus and Serena Williams and their controversial coach. Uh, and I think this would be incredible. I think that... Um, you know, in addition to Beyonce and Be Alive, uh, the other Best Original Song nominees include Billie Eilish, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Van Morrison, Diane Warren, all legends. But the 40-year-old, 28-time Grammy winner deserves to be on that stage 28 opening. Grammys. God, well, she's just done so well, much, he... and she's been kind of quiet for a while. Well, here's
2: the fascinating thing, is if she opens the show, it won't be from the stage. She's going to perform, rumor has it, from the tennis courts of Compton, California, that Venus and Serena grew up practicing on with their dad, Richard. Because King Richard uh, is nominated for all sorts of awards, and Will Smith is expected to win. We t- covered the story yesterday, Michaela, you did, and what's popping. Will Smith is expected to win his first Oscar for King Richard.
3: I, I from love the it.
2: tennis courts in Compton that would be so cool it'd
3: be really cool and also like to just say it again I had this conversation with a friend of mine another strong black man that we're not impressed with the fact that this would only be the fifth black man that uh, won sure. this particular Oscar mm-hmm. I know we talked about it briefly yesterday but it is crazy 2022 it should, things should stop being the firsts. things should stop being yeah. I know they have to start somewhere but even you know Ketanji Brown Judge Jackson Ketanji, like, exactly
2: it's, really, it's, it's interesting because a friend of mine uh, is a Tony Award winner. He's incredible. Uh, He's actually uh, engaged to uh, somebody who you love, Kyle. Love. kyle and grace and they're fantastic and grace Anne, i remember this last year the trend was for broadway to start putting black women in historically white roles like the lead of wicked like glinda or or elphaba or like some of these these iconic characters that have always been played by white women and he's like this is cool but like also let's stop celebrating this like it should we shouldn't celebrate the great i'm glad it happened but it should have always been happening.
3: Exactly. Yeah. And we cannot let that go. However, I'm so into seeing Beyonce open up this Oscars. Come on. I've missed her. I love her. I hope
2: she wears a little tennis outfit like Serena Williams.
3: Yes. Because I've
2: often, it's, it's funny because they they have similar body types. They're similar heights. They have similar vibes. I oftentimes would like, Serena's the Beyonce of tennis and Beyonce's the Serena of like music.
3: Queens. Yeah. Queens. All right. Coming up, uh, find out what an LGBTQ doctor can tell us about anti-trans laws. What you may not know and what you need to know in order to, to protect our brothers and sisters.
1: Good morning, B. Channel Q.
2: Coming up this hour, we're talking to a, an LGBTQ plus doctor about anti-trans laws and, and bills being proposed across the country um, and, and why it matters to have representation uh, at every single level. Uh, Dr. Aaron Baroni is going to join us to talk about that le- later. She's calling us from the University of Cal, Los Angeles. That's in about 13 minutes right now, though it's time for some news on the beat from Michaela Gordon. What's going on?
3: All right, honey, well, there's a lot going on in the news. Uh, Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb uh, vetoed a bill that would have banned trans girls from playing on girls sports teams in school. In a letter to the Republican State House Speaker, Holcomb said the legislation falls short and leaves too many unanswered questions in its quest for fairness in K-12 sports. The bill, which passed the Republican Majority House earlier this year and the Republican Majority Senate earlier this month, would ban students whose sex at birth was registered as male but who now identify as female from playing on girls' sports teams in school. The governor's letter explaining his veto pointed to lawsuits that have blocked similar legislation in other states, including Idaho and West Virginia. ACLU had slammed the bill for discriminating against trans youth, calling the legislation hateful and harmful and noting it appeared to violate federal law.
2: Also, something going on with Brittany Griner. We have an update on her, perhaps?
3: Yeah, this is really crazy. Brittany Griner, the WNBA star who's been detained in Russia after weed vape cartridges were allegedly found in her luggage, will remain in custody overseas for at least two more months. A Moscow court ruled Thursday that the detention of Griner, the 31-year-old All-Star forward for the Phoenix Mercury, uh, who's been in Russia since sometime in February, will continue until May 19th, according to Russian news agency TASS. Uh, Greiner pleaded not guilty to smuggling a significant amount of narcotics into or out of the country, which can carry up to 10 years in prison under Russian law. Tass also reported that at six foot seven, Greiner is too tall for the bed in her Moscow jail cell, which she's sharing with two other women who have no previous convictions. Tass also reported that at six foot seven, Greiner's too tall. Um...
2: I think that's a repeat. Oh, it's great. the same sentence. <laughs> oh, yeah, they
3: just wrote it twice. Thank they you sure for did. calling that out. Um,
2: oh gosh.
3: Uh, yeah, it's a lot. I, I feel years. really bad. I don't know how you're there uh, for so long and uh, and and still will be detained for even longer. If it's LeBron
2: rough. James or Kevin Durant were in the situation, they'd be they'd be all over it. Or
3: if she was white.
2: There's a lot of different scenarios here, right? Yeah. And that's the, the frustrating part of this. I feel like something I don't know what else could be done, but something more could be done.
3: Yep, I agree. Mm. All right, let's get into weather. It's going to be a high of 60 in New York, 88 in LA, 78 in Vegas, 90 in Palm Springs, and 74 in Houston. Now give us a vibe of the day.
2: You want a vibe of the day? I got a vibe of the day for you. Here it is. The first step towards getting somewhere is to decide you're not going to stay where you are. Well, we're going someplace this hour. Yes, we are. You know where we're going to go. Where are we going next, Michaela?
3: We're going to have a really great conversation with an LGBTQ plus doctor to talk about the anti-trans laws, what you might not know, and what you need to know when it comes to Texas. Coming up in seven minutes. The Morning
1: Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q.
2: Welcome back to the Morning Beat. It's time for another round of What the Health. Uh, and, you know, a lot of eyes have been on Texas and other states for their anti trans, you know, bills and directives and legislation that are trying to be pushed through uh, mostly Republican led legislatures. Uh, so we're joined now by an ac- expert on the topic. Dr. Aaron Baroni is an internal medicine pediatrics physician at the University of California, at Los Angeles. Dr. Baroni, thank you so much for joining us. How are you?
6: I'm good. How how about y'all? We're, good. We're doing great. We're good.
2: Um, a lot of confusion about what's going on in places, but let's start with Texas um, and and what sort of impact these uh, proposed laws, because not all of them are laws just yet, uh, could and are having on our trans community there in Texas.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Excellent question. Um, correct and that they are not laws yet, but kind of similar to the abortion topic, and. Um, it's really impacting providers and their comfort level with providing care to these communities. And already there's a lot of barriers to providing the care, whether it's from, you know, parents, family members, just the general culture, depending on where you are in Texas. And now to have, you know, the legislator, politicians, an additional barrier, additional level of uh, discrimination is is really unfortunate and really going to affect these children and really honestly adults as well.
5: Mm.
3: You know, I think it's really important to drill home that uh, although this is happening in Texas and not everywhere, when these uh, bans happen in even just one state, it really does push the narrative for it to happen all over the U.S. So how do we sort of protect people in other states where they're not as at risk in Texas, uh, like, like, like they are in Texas, uh, knowing what the future can hold?
6: Yeah, I think that's an excellent question. And unfortunately, I wish I could be a little bit more positive about areas that we think may be more supportive. Um, but just after living in a variety of areas in the country, this, this exists uh, quite commonly. And, and there's, you know, overt kind of discrimination against these communities. But then there's also kind of a micro aggressive approach where we're just not knowledgeable in caring for the communities. And you know, people really have to advocate for their own care um, you know, greater than 50 percent of the LGBTQ plus community has to advocate and really educate their physician on their health care. And so I think just bringing awareness to the topic, no matter where we are in the country, really pushing the importance of LGBTQ plus health and and how it is distinct and important Um to focus on so that we mitigate some of these healthcare disparities that our community is, what are, what is unfortunately a, experiencing. Yeah. What a yeah.
2: frustrating number. Over 50% of those in our community have to advocate and teach their, their doctors about their own healthcare. And, and it brings up even a, a deeper conversation for me is that, listen, I was raised to believe some things, right? I believed that the president of the United States and politicians uh, had our best interests at heart. I was raised to believe that the police in our in our country were always there to serve and protect all of us equally, right? I was believed that the judicial system is fair and honest and balanced. And one of the other ones, and now I've seen all of those things to be not true in many instances, and that's been heartbreaking. As somebody who comes from a family of military and police like officers, that's been heartbreaking for me to watch, Right. But the fact is, I'm a queer man marrying a black queer man, and so these things it, they have been brought to light more often than I prefer. Now, now my next my next thought is, am I going to be able to, to to trust healthcare providers, doctors, nurses, uh, because in over 30 states right now, these sort of initiatives and laws are being pushed against our community. So. What sort of erosion could happen between the trust between a healthcare provider and those who need their 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 help?
6: Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I do think it can be impacted. You know, uh, as much as we would like for the you know Hippocratic Oath, you know, do no harm, to really apply to all healthcare providers, sometimes sometimes it doesn't, or sometimes there's variable interpretations of what that means. I will say, from my experience, most healthcare providers. Um, really, really are interested and really want to know more about how to take care of our community. and actually its frequently feel bad for not being knowledgeable. it's It's on us um, to instill the education at the medical ed- like school education level as well as um, you know extending it to other healthcare care providers, including nursing. And there are a lot of movements, a lot of amazing organizations doing that. Um, in the meantime, though, you know, I think as a, as a queer person, Knowing what you need in terms of healthcare is important, and I wish that wasn't the case. But when you share that with your doctor, you are educating them at the same time. And I would say, luckily, you know, we're getting better. We're not perfect. But I do think that the more we advocate for ourselves, only 16% of the LGBTQ plus community is out to their provider in terms of sexual orientation. Oh, wow. So I think, yeah, the more we have the conversation, the more we show, you know, we're here. We're a huge portion of society. And so I'd empower people to do that.
3: Dr. Brony, I want to say, I'm assuming you're Italian, and if you are, same. So love you.
6: Um, (laughs) I 100% am.
3: (laughs) Amen. You're serving a look also in your photo. wasn't going to say that, but now I am, because I'm looking at the article. Oh, God. Um, But I'm like, did we have to make the picture so big? Yeah, we did. Yeah, Yeah. you did, because you look gorge. Um, (laughs) I want to get sort of to the human part of this, though. I think that... The biggest headline here is you say they die in the hospital. They were transgender and they took their own life. They were only 10 years old. I can't imagine that you can tell a 10-year-old they're not capable of making a decision on the way they choose to live um, and then watch that 10-year-old take their own life. I mean, how desperate must these children B, you see it firsthand that these senators need to understand the harm that they're doing.
6: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing. As as somebody who is in medicine and has a science background, for me, we do something called evidence based medicine, where we really try to rely on the data and statistics we have to drive our decisions. Because you know, it's better than just using our opinions to drive those decisions. And for this one, you know, we know that. People who are not affirmed in their gender have a very high risk of suicide. And when we just use their pronouns, you know, just using words that can be affirming for them, it decreases that rate or that risk by 50%. So, you know, agreed. A 10-year-old is not going to have this conscious awareness of what's going on, but we know that this process, this lack of affirmation is really, really um Impactful on on kids' mental health, and so I think really trying to do our best to recognize this as a life-threatening, you know, disease or medical condition. I don't, I like, am hesitant to use that word because it doesn't impact, you know, everybody in that way, or doesn't impact everybody's mental health. But to really try to see it that way, to try to see this this treatment as life-saving, I tried to use that word as often as I could in the article because. That's
2: how I view it. Well, it's so true. More than 50% of transgender and gender diverse individuals have seriously considered suicide. That number is astronomical and so heartbreaking. If you or someone you know needs help, though, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is always there for you. Call 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255.
3: Thank you so much, Dr. Barone
6: absolutely thank you so much for having me
3: of course all right coming up according to this article could you be a boring person no but do you actually want to be
6: maybe Never.
0: we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: Good morning, B, Channel Q.
2: Well, apparently now there's scientific evidence and a study that can reveal whether or not you're boring. Oh, listen, I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm not. I'm just not. Kayla, I'm not boring.
3: Not boring, Don't baby. Don't tell me I'm boring. Not boring, honey. Do you
2: think you're boring?
3: Hail to the no.
2: Okay, well, there's a paper published this month in Personality and <laughs> Social Psychology Bulletin. Again, sounds like a great read. Led by the University of Essex psychology researcher. Uh, surveyed over 500 people across five experiments about what makes a person boring. The study deper- determined that a boring people uh, are stereotyped according to... To a defined list of occupations, hobbies, personal attributes, and even where they lived. People ranked data analysis, accounting, taxes, insurance, cleaning, banking as the most boring occupations. The highest ranked hobby associated with being boring. Can you guess what that is? Sleeping.
3: Oh, okay. Followed
2: by religion, watching TV, observing animals, and doing mathematics. All sound boring. Really? Yeah. What I hear from this study is that people who spend a lot of their time in religion are boring, and I could not agree more.
3: Yeah, Listen, well, it's saying that the stereotypical bore was found to lack interests and a sense of humor in addition to expressing no opinions and coming off, coming across as negative. They also lived in towns and small cities. I will say, <laughs> I can deal with any, but I, it's my job. I can literally charm or turn it on for anybody. But when somebody lacks a sense of humor...
2: What do you do with it? I What do you do with it?
3: Cannot Mm-mm. it 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 dims my light. Like I'm like, "Ugh, you can be anything if you have a sense of humor." Okay,
2: if you had that friend though because I had a friend, God love Michelle. I love her so much. She's a dear dear friend for many many years all through college and into my 30s and and but I didn't invite her to the wedding for a couple of reasons. One, she's boring as all get out. Two, she works for the Catholic Church back home in Columbus, Ohio now. And she's changed a lot since she's gone into like working in a religious space every single day. She's like 40, single, never like really been in like too many serious relationships. And her whole life is just church now. And she used to be very anti, and it's been really hard for me to like, okay, how do we maintain a friendship? Because we became friends our freshman year, she's the first person I met, we met in the dorms. But I tell you what, she's so boring but the hate nicest that. person. How do you navigate that?
3: I mean, I just think that honestly, you, look, sometimes it's nice to be around somebody that's boring. It's a moment to just chill Give me an example. Give me one. And relax. Give okay, for example, I have a crazy week this week. And uh, literally yesterday, no kidding. I hosted this morning show, then I went and filmed for the CW, then I went and recorded a song for my album. Like I had a crazy day yesterday. Mm-hmm. I would like to see somebody boring and sit down and have a cup of tea today and not talk to each other and just stare. That sounds nice. I don't think
2: that I don't, I know you well enough. No, I don't think you really like that. I is, think you like the sit down, calm cup of coffee, but you want to have a little kiki with it. I think you no, want. Ch- I think you want to chat.
3: No, I don't want to chat. I'm spent. I don't. You I don't have nothing. any boring friends. I, I, I don't have any boring friends. But then I, I
4: just... see you. I'm gonna jump in. Wow, okay. Vanessa okay. getting on the mic.
2: Okay. Whoa! Someone she got an opinion.
4: Does, someone doesn't want to be boring. I have opinions. <laughs> oh. Okay. Um, anyways, I want to say I really feel that I'm definitely boring. Why? No, you're not. I I not at no, we wouldn't let you Look, be this on that list. Okay. If you watch animals, I—that's That's the only people I need to hang out. Animals, with animal dogs? watchers.
3: That doesn't make you a boring person. No. That makes you
4: kind-hearted. Okay, you so, hate human okay, beings. So I rather stay in than go out.
2: That doesn't mean you're boring. That just means
4: you're an introvert. I expert. will be okay with not talking. Do,
2: okay, do you see what you're doing right now? It's like a tennis match. You're hitting the ball back. We're going back and saying, forth, back and forth. For boring the, people can't do that. That's boring. Boring people can't have a conversation and engage in like a debate. Boring people you don't can. have an opinion. Yeah, they don't. That's the worst kind of person to me. Somebody who just goes through life and just doesn't have a thought about anything. That's boring to me. You're not boring.
4: I don't know if you're boring or you're listening.
2: Yeah. Well, no. If, are we dragging here's you? the problem: if if you're okay. boring and you're listening to us right now, you're not responding. You're not going to DM us. You're not going to write us. That's 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 how boring people are.
3: I'm going to be honest. I feel a little bored by this conversation.
2: I'm bored by this conversation. <laughs> it just talking about it brings me down.
3: I'm bored talking about
1: boring. Oh. B- morning, B-B. Channel Q.
2: It's time for another round of what's popping, and that means it's time to talk about the Kardashian-Jenners. Excited about this?
3: I love the Kardashian-Jenners, uh, but I do think this story is interesting. So, uh, because I want to know why, um, Kylie, Car- Kylie Kardashian. Could you imagine, Kylie Jenner? Had a beautiful little boy with Travis Scott and rumor got out very quickly that the baby's name was Wolf, which I actually like as a little boy's name. Yeah, it's not bad. I'm obsessed with this book right now, uh, white now, right now, called Women Who Run With Wolves. And it's extraordinary. And I literally am obsessed with with wolves just as creatures. I think it's a really strong name. So I was like here for it. Well, she decided that she didn't like that name anymore. She went ahead and changed it. And now we don't know the new baby's name, but we definitely know that it's not her baby's name now because she took her Instagram story and said, FYI, our son's name isn't Wolf anymore. We just really didn't feel like it was him. Just wanted to share because I keep seeing Wolf everywhere. So, uh... Now he's a lone wolf. He doesn't have a name yet.
2: So as a girl from Las Vegas... Yeah. I know you've seen the gas stations and the shops where they sell, like, T-shirts with, like, a big wolf on it. Oh, yeah. Right? I used to think those were so humiliating.
3: I thought they were disgusting. Now
2: they're kind of a vibe. Like, I would totally rock them now. You don't...
3: Like, I need this to be very understood. I thought those wolf blankets and wolf shirts were the dumbest thing I'd ever seen in my life. Mm. And I was like, Chucky, now that I'm reading... Women who run with wolves. Mm -hmm. I am a wolf. Like I'm a furry. I'm literally going to just start wearing. Wait.
2: So am I not allowed to get a wolf t-shirt anymore now? No, you are. Oh, okay. Good. Good. Good.
3: Because it's because wolves are very cool now. I'll run with you. Run with me. We get 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 us a couple of hooves. Hooves. And we're gonna get a couple ears.
2: But also, wolves don't have hooves. They have paws. They have have paws? paws. Yeah. They're like. They're like okay, dogs. First of all. They're like dog cousins. The room is a little judgy. Does Rocco have hooves?
3: Yeah, he's kind of with like a little piggy hoof. Okay, anyway, Kylie's baby.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Kylie's baby's no longer named Wolf. Okay. Uh, but you know what? You made a really, really solid point. I said, I think it's weird. Like, just change it in the middle of, like, his two-day affair with the world. And you're like, listen, if people at 20 and 30 can change their names... They yes. can do it at two days
2: old. People people have epiphanies about who they are. They, they can it can affirm their gender, change their names all the time. Like, we can appreciate all of that and, and support that. And we can't support Kylie for changing her kid's name after a yeah. couple weeks.
3: Okay, drag me. All right, Drag me. I belong with the wolves. Uh, coming up in our final hour. Uh, you
2: know my favorite movie of all time? What? Dances with Wolves. Wait, have you seen it? Kevin Costner a thousand times. I'm never
3: going to watch it, but now I'm going to. Oh, my God, I've really turned into a wolf person. All have to say is this, t-tunka. What's that mean?
2: Buffalo.
1: Hmm, really? To Tonka. B. Good morning B. Channel Q.
2: What would you do if your job asked you to sign a contract swearing to be straight?
1: Never! What well,
2: happened at a school?
3: It's unbelievable. Find
2: out how the staff reacted coming up in about 13 minutes. Right now, though, it's time for News on the Beat. Michaela, what do you have for us? All
3: right, Babel, in the wake of a flurry of warnings from officials over a potential COVID-19 resurgence in the United States, there are growing concerns among health experts that dwindling access to public data, the shuttering of COVID-19 testing sites, and with an increasing number of people using at-home tests instead, it could leave the nation vulnerable to unforeseen upticks. Comprehensive case data is critical to an effective response. As we have seen throughout, the pandemic. Lack of data leads to poor decision making and ultimately costs uh, costs lives. Dr. John Brownstein, uh, an epidemiologist at Boston Children's Hospital and an ABC News contributor has said, I feel a type of way about this story though.
2: Um,
3: It's on my last nerve. I think that it's I know it is to inform but also like Babe, And I'm like talking to this doctor in COVID-19. Like, we've got the vaccines. We're doing what we can. Yeah. I know that people are still very sick, but at some point we have to treat this like a cold or a flu. Yeah, like,
2: because here's the thing.
3: We're not going to do this fear tactic.
2: Either you have the vaccine or you don't. The and end. if you've gotten it by now, that means you're willing to get it. If you haven't gotten it by now, there's nothing on earth that's going to convince you to get it. So take your chances. Yes. I'll get my vaccine I'll get a I'll get a booster every year if I need to. It's like a flu yeah, shot. Don't that's care. What
3: like we're we don't care. We've already signed got on. It.
2: It's
3: cool. It's
2: not our jobs. If you're vaccinated and doing your part, it's no longer your job. That's how I feel. It's yeah. frustrating. And
3: doing at home tests is not getting the right data, I guess. I thought
2: that was the thing. I've got at home tests now because our government bunch. Yeah, our president sent them to us.
3: Yeah. I mean I'm more concerned about how my allergies are taking over you and I. That part. Like I'm not But also
2: like we're doing everything you've asked us to do for two years yeah
3: we're over it babe
2: and the scary headlines i'm i'm kind of done with them
3: yeah that's how exactly how i feel as i was reading it i was like at this point i'm fully
2: vaccinated i'm gonna put my life on pause for the rest of like forever you're right i've done my part for society i'm going to live my life now
3: that's right all right, Another news, the Supreme Court says it won't review the case of a Seattle-based Christian organization that was sued after declining to hire a bisexual lawyer who applied for a job. A lower court let the case go forward, and the high court said it would not intervene Two justices. Justice Samuel Alito and Justice Clarence Thomas agreed with the decision not to hear the case at this stage, but said that the day may soon come when the court needs to confront the issue the case presents. One of the applicants was Matthew Woods, who had volunteered at the clinic for more than three years woods identifies as bisexual and was in a same-sex relationship he was told before he applied that his application would be rejected because the organization's code of conduct excludes homosexual activity woods sued arguing that the organization violated state law by discriminating against him on the basis of his sexual orientation A state trial court judge ruled for Seattle's Union Gospel Mission and dismissed Wood's lawsuit. The judge ruled that the organization is exempt from the state's anti-discrimination law, but the Washington Supreme Court reversed the decision and let the lawsuit go forward.
2: What if we just, I don't know, just let people live their lives?
3: That's a thought. Stop
2: worrying about who's gay or who, like, come on.
3: That's a thought. Also, breaking news... The new season of Selling Sunset is coming out April 22nd. Awesome. And I'm ready.
2: Breaking news. I heard they filmed the next two seasons already.
3: I heard that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. Okay, let's get into weather. It's going to be a high of 74 in Houston, 60 in Kansas City, a high of 90 in Palm Springs, 78 in Vegas, 88 in LA, 88 in Cathedral City, and 60 in New York. Now give us a vibe of the day, baby.
2: The first step towards getting somewhere is to decide you're not going to stay where you are. Amen. Make the decision. Get moving.
3: I love it. Love it. All right. Coming up, find out what a Christian school is doing to teachers to ensure they will remain straight. How this could affect your children, even nieces and nephews, coming up next.
1: Morning channel Q.
2: Welcome back to the Morning Beat. Now, if you think the United States is the only country in the world having a problem with Christianity. And their views on our community, you'd be mistaken because a Christian K-12 school is now under fire for making teachers sign contracts committing to being straight. Woo! This took place oh, in my. Brisbane, Australia at the City Point Christian College. The employment contracts reportedly state teachers may only express sexuality, quote, through heterosexual monogamous relationships um, expressed intimately through marriage and says violating these terms could result in termination. Now, this is the same school that came uh, under fire just a few months ago. It revealed that, uh, they asked parents to sign a statement of faith condemning homosexuality and comparing it to bestiality and pedophilia. The statement of faith also included the refusal to acknowledge students' gender identities other than the sex they were assigned at birth. Okay.
3: This is wild to me.
2: Uh Uh-oh. We went to Catholic school. Yeah. So we got a taste of some of this. I not only went to
3: Catholic school, my parent was a lesbian.
2: Wow. it's a lot of of layers. Yeah. This stuff is wild to me.
3: I can't imagine. um, First of all, let's just talk about being a teacher, period. Whoever signs up to take care of your kids should be treated with the utmost respect. Oftentimes we say this Parents, teachers, I'm sorry, are oftentimes like the first or second parent. They see your kid eight hours a day, five days a week. Their Mm -hmm. influence is very important. They get paid $7. So it's not, they're not in it for the money. They're clearly in it because they are committed to teaching children, educating them. I had amazing teachers growing up. Um,
2: well, this is why this is why what's happening here in the United States is happening all over the world right now. I think a lot of political leaders realize if they want to like push the conservative movement forward, now we have to get to the kids young because I think we have this big gay agenda that we're trying to manipulate children when actually we're just saying let people be. Let people be who they are. Yeah. And now they're trying to fight these fights in schools and go after teachers and politicize politicize an elementary school, politicize kindergarten. I
3: just don't know what the benefit is of being a teacher anymore. They don't get paid anything. They're not treated with any real kind of they respect. They just lived through
2: a two-year pandemic and had to deal with homeschooling and, yeah. and, and virtual learning.
3: Yeah. Uh-uh. I think it's rough. I also think that I'm just so tired of the narrative that Christian people... Catholic people want to make being gay such a negative thing. It, it, I mean, it just goes against Christianity entirely. I, I feel like they're pushing one agenda.
2: Well, did you also feel like, did you have teachers that you absolutely loved in Catholic school growing up? Yeah. I did too. And people often ask me about this. They're like, how, how are you a Catholic? I'm like, I'm not a Catholic. I mean, I was baptized Catholic at birth. So I'm always a Catholic to some degree for the rest of my life, if you look at it that way. But I haven't practiced the Catholic faith for over 20 years. But my situation at my Catholic school was so wonderful. My father, Ken, father, Jim were amazing. I was an altar boy. I sang solos in church. I could sing back then, believe it or not. Yeah. All of my sister, Nancy was my favorite. Sister Laura, I just literally got her address. She's retired now, but I'm going to write her a letter because I, just, I want to thank her. She introduced me to West Side Story.
3: Yeah, right? I, I didn't have the same situation. I will say I loved being Catholic, and there are a lot of things that I still love about Catholicism. I loved getting confirmed. I love my confirmation name. I loved yeah. wearing a veil. Mm-hmm. I loved kneeling. I will never forget. So Lisa was raised Jehovah Witness. They got out of the church when she was seven, and then she was like spiritual. Well, my grandma vivian died my grandma vivian was extreme catholic she was like catholic my grandma too she was a eucharistic minister she taught catechism so when she died she got the works we went to our lady of las vegas where she was buried lisa was in the church with me and lisa was like what is this? The Olympics? The way that you have to kneel, stand, kneel, stand, walk, you're moving. She was like, what is but going also, on? But also, I bet you
2: didn't miss a beat. I bet you remember I know every everything. single thing. I would go back today I know exactly Honey, what Honey, there's you're not an Our
3: Father or a Hail Mary that I don't know. Let mm-hmm. the Lord be with you. I mean, I loved being Catholic. And I may still be if it wasn't so problematic. Mm-hmm. They didn't hate gay people and priests weren't having sex with kids. Yeah. Like, if those things were not happening. Boys,
2: to be clear, specifically I, part <laughs>
3: Well, I i mean, boys and girls. Yes, but
2: I—but but the, but the, but the homosexuality and the pedophilia, oftentimes, right? If it, it's it, it, the the hypocrisy of it all is just too much for me.
3: Yeah, yeah. But I feel like that's what's really sad too, because I think that people love their religion. I mm-hmm. think that people want to love being religious. I but think they, that...
2: but they, I think they love religion more than they love people. I think that's the problem, right? I think the re, the love of the religion and and the sort of the 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 I don't know the the rituals of it all oftentimes overtakes their love of actual individuals. I mean,
3: I think that they think that they're loving God more than humans, which is the way that we're supposed to sure. to do things. But,
2: but humans are God.
3: But I think that we're just taught things that, yeah. uh, that are also very hateful. And I, I think this is just really sad. I think that going back to this article, teachers already get so little. Mm-hmm. And then to take away their freedom of sexuality
2: mm-hmm. just
3: is unfortunate.
2: Listen, I will raise you up on eagle's wings.
3: Oh my god, that was my favorite song. That
5: was <laughs> Every my Catholic, favorite song. Listen,
3: raise us
2: up on Eagles Wings instead of trying to like literally like make people sign contracts to hate us and deny us.
3: Okay, but also Eagles Wings was a bop. It, and I'm it was gonna say a bop. that. Uh-huh. Okay?
2: For sure. Tell me something good. Let's continue honoring Women's History Month uh, by shining a spotlight on Janet Mock, who is a transgender rights advocate, writer, and media producer originally from Hawaii. She worked as the staff editor for People Magazine, where she came out as transgender. She also wrote her first uh, autobiography in 2012, which began her entry into more overt advocacy by speaking on her personal experience of transitioning as a teen in Hawaii. She worked for a medley of media organizations and formats before settling into screenwriting. After writing her second autobiography, she began writing the critically acclaimed show uh, Pose on Fox, which we all love. Yes, Pose was groundbreaking for casting trans actors to play trans characters and accurately depicting the ballroom scene of the 1980s in New York. Janet is the first openly transgender woman of color to write a television episode and secure a major studio deal Her work on and off screen has increased crucial transgender representation in the media. Icon.
3: Icon. Um, This story is also iconic. I was uh, finishing my album yesterday with my friend who's been my friend for so many millions of years. No big deal. I was finishing my
2: album yesterday. Just a casual Monday afternoon get together.
3: (gasps) I was with my friend Brandon, who's a strong, beautiful black man. He's been on the air many times, and we were talking about Katanji Brown-Jackson and how iconic she is, and how black women of all ages are obsessed with her. White women, I like, she's just, as a woman, incredible and so needed. Um, and women rallied outside the Supreme Court yesterday to show their support for her as her historic confirmation hearings began before the Senate Judiciary Committee. Her confirmation would make her the first black woman in first public defender on the Supreme Court. Uh, Jackson supporters, many of whom were black women, hoisted signs that read, My Justice, She's Black, and Confirmed KBJ. They wore flashy pins, vibrant shirts. uh, And this would just be incredible to have that kind of representation. The support is coming out and uh, and I love it, and I think that Katanji did an amazing job yesterday.
2: Can I share something that a friend of mine shared? Yeah. Uh, Yvette Nicole Brown, you know, her from Community and, and a lot of a gajillion other projects, uh, she tweeted this, and it was a side by side of uh, Katanji being questioned by. Uh, I think it was Senator Grassley, who's like a, a hundred year old Republican senator, right? I think he's the top ranking Republican besides Mitch McConnell, one of the top ranking. She said, This is the face of a black woman already over the shenanigans. It's also the face of a black woman already formulating how she is going to handle all hit this hot garbage. She is built for this. We are built for this. Hashtag, she will rise. And it's a side by side of another old white guy, once again questioning this strong black woman and like it's interesting to watch these senators have these conversations these republicans because some of them have been in the senate for so many decades and she is so overqualified i've seen graphics of how she's more qualified than anybody who's been
3: three times more qualified but
2: but who else do we know that was like that hillary clinton the most qualified candidate who's ever run for president in the united states if you're looking at just resume um like or not her resume is overqualified. Yeah. Same situation here, but yet again, women have to deal with the same. Ugh.
3: Yeah, but I feel really good about this. I think she's going to yeah. do so great. She's got so much support. Um, and she didn't back down. She's not going to either. Nope. Uh, well, that's a great way to end this show. That's some good news. We have a great show for you the rest of this week as well. But for now, listen to three hours of music just for you, and then tune in to Let's Go There coming up.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.